Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is M, and I want to talk about books and cats. Hey, book lovers, welcome back. So, I am so enjoying all the reading I'm doing right now. Um, I talked a lot about my to read bookshelf in the last episode, and instead of choosing my next book off of there, I decided to read an ebook that I've had waiting on my Kindle for about a year. But it's really great, so the to-read shelf will still be there. I feel like I've gotten back into the same kind of reading habits that I had when I was a kid. Like, when I was younger, I read all the time. I mean, when I was a kid, we also didn't, like, have computers and internet, so reading was probably the most entertaining option. Um, and I read every day and I read as much as possible and I would reread my books, um, over and over and over again. And then I had this big, uh, kind of dark period where I didn't read anything. Um, I was in college and I would read, I would read some stuff for classes, but it was mostly plays because I was a theater major. Um, and I didn't read anything just for fun. When I first started writing novels, I also didn't read very much because I noticed that Whatever I was reading, that style of writing would kind of bleed over into my into my writing. And um, now I've been writing long enough that I feel like I kind of have my own writing style and I don't um, I don't get as influenced by other things so I can read and also write. So now I'm coming back into reading. I am reading all the time. Um, I'm so far hitting my a book a week goal. Um, so far so good. And, uh, I love having this podcast as a motivator to keep me reading. And I just love talking about books. So thank you for listening. And again, if you have any book suggestions, um, I'm happy to add to the, to the shelf. So send them in, uh, books.cats.pod at gmail. So this week I chose Anxious People by Frederick Backman. Um, basically because I was dealing with a lot of anxiety recently, um, I always have trouble with it, but, um, I just had to switch up my medications and now things are much better and I'm feeling really good. Uh, but I had a, a brief time where I wasn't feeling okay and, uh, it's not the best feeling, but I feel like it needs to be talked about more, um, you know, people my age were kind of raised with this shame that was attached to being on any sort of, like, you know, medication or having any sort of, like, therapy or anything like that. Um, and I don't think that that's good because now that I am on medications and I am treating my anxiety and my depression um, the way you would treat any other, you know, illness, I feel so much better. And if I hadn't had the shame, maybe I could have felt this way sooner. But 
it is what it is. Um, but I just want, if you're struggling with these things, don't be afraid to talk to somebody and don't be afraid to ask for uh, medications because some people need them and they are a lifesaver, literally. Um, I've decided I'm just not going to be ashamed of it. I'm trying to fix myself and... You know, people are on medications for all kinds of things, and this is just the same thing. And if it helps me be a better version of myself, why would I not choose that? Anyway, I just wanted to share that in case anyone else feels like this. Now let's talk about the book. So Anxious People by Frederick Backman. This book was about a lot of things. It was about a bank robbery, a hostage situation, an apartment viewing, And most importantly, it is about people. This is a beautiful book. Um, It's another one that I got from Book of the Month and another one that I chose simply because of the title, Anxious People. I'm an anxious person. Um, But this is a woven tapestry of lives that all converge in one moment in time at an apartment viewing And every person there is changed in a significant way by the other people. Um, It's a story of pain and regret and worry and fear. And it is one of the most relatable fiction books that I've read in a while. And it really, it moved me. I haven't sobbed while reading in quite a while, but this one got to me. Um, Maybe it came too close in certain places and maybe I could see myself in the story a little too easily. Uh, but I like it when a book is so good that it hurts. Um, those are the ones that you never forget. This book is also about hope and love and resignation and just being enough. Um, there's a line in the book that is repeated a few times, and it kind of sums up the emotional vibe of this book, and it is, we save those we can. Um, read this book. I cannot recommend it enough. I absolutely loved it. Um, like I said, I, I sobbed while I was reading it, um, in more than one place. It's, it's really fantastic. It was in the top five for book of the month's, uh, book of the year. And I wholeheartedly agree with that choice. It's so good. One warning, there is a strong theme of suicide in this book, but honestly, it's so full of beauty and hope that if you can get past that darkness, It's an unbelievable read. I also found it interesting the way that Frederick Backman wrote, kind of gave the whole book a tense, anxious feeling. It ebbed a little as the story went on, but in the beginning, it really mirrored the feeling of anxiety, um, which I was feeling very anxious at the time. And so it it was kind of difficult to read at first, but once I got into it, I couldn't put it down. So good. So yeah, Anxious People by Frederick Backman. There's going to be a link in the show notes. It's fantastic. Um, And with that, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we are going to talk about cat ladies. Hey, cat lovers. Are you looking for a special treat for your favorite furry friends? Petsmarket.org has everything that your pet needs. They're crazy pet lovers located in Colorado Springs, And their store offers you a wide variety of unique pet merchandise, providing you better ways of caring for your pet at the best prices. Go to PetsMarket.org, that's .org, and use code 
M's Books 20 for 20% off your order. That's E M apostrophe S Books 20. You can find the link and the code in the show notes. Whether it's an adorable new bow tie, medications to keep them healthy, or a stylish new water bowl, you can find everything your pet needs at petsmarket.org. Welcome back, book lovers. So recently I bought a bed for my dog. He is a big boy, so I had to get an extra large bed. Um, and so far he is the only pet that has not used it. Uh, he has no interest in going on it, but the cats love it. Um, it's so super soft and comfy and they kind of fight over it. They're, they're starting to share. Um, so far we can have two of them on it at the same time and that's okay. But the cat that has claimed it the most is Strudel, and she is our tiniest cat. So gigantic dog bed for a 100-pound dog. Tiniest cat owns it. Hilarious. And, you know, that's about right. <laughs> Strudel is sleeping in complete luxury. Like, I've never seen her look so relaxed. And if you check out the Books and Cats Instagram, you can see pictures of all of my cats in their absolute most relaxed using the dog bed. Uh, so I wanted to talk about a documentary that I just watched. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's about cat ladies, and it's called Cat Ladies. Um, it started with a pun, and I was like, oh my god, what am I watching, you know? Um, but it actually ended up being incredibly sad and moving. Um, it really didn't... It was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, it was probably better than what I thought it was going to be, honestly. I just, I really felt for these women because they were all just very sad and lonely and they were filling a hole in their souls with, with loving cats because they couldn't love people for various reasons. Loving cats is not a terrible replacement, but it's definitely not the same as having another human companion. And their loneliness was just so palpable. Uh, it really kind of broke my heart. And then there was also some of some over the top cat hoarding. And, uh, you know, they're the ones that they believe that they're rescuing the cats from the street, but it can go bad like so fast. Um, brief warning if you're going to watch this, they do show a dead kitten. Um, just once, but if you're sensitive to those kind of images, just be aware that it's coming. Um, there was one woman with just way too many cats. Um, and they spoke to her neighbors who had moved in in the winter time. And so they didn't really like know that she had a million cats. And then when it started to be nice out and they wanted to sit outside, the smell was overpowering. Um, which is just like the worst surprise ever when you move into your new home. Um, it seems so out there and kind of crazy, but then it also seems like it could so easily happen. Um, it's just very sad. And there just seems to be a very tenuous line between loving cats and having way too many cats. Um, yeah, it was really well done. It was really interesting. And like I said, it was it was moving. Um, it was directed by Christy Callan Jones. Um, and it's only an hour long. 
So if you have Amazon Prime, I would highly recommend it. So now it's time for the quote of the week. I was looking up quotes while I was watching the Cat Ladies documentary, and I was feeling kind of melancholy. So I looked for book quotes about loneliness. So this week's quote is from the book My Sister's Keeper by Jody Picot. Let me tell you this. If you meet a loner, no matter what they tell you, it's not because they enjoy solitude. It's because they have tried to blend into the world before, and people continue to disappoint them. I know that's kind of a bummer to end the episode on, but it just kind of went with the vibe of the Cat Ladies documentary, so I thought I'd stick with it. And it kind of goes with the vibe of anxious people, too, because there's a lot of loneliness in that book. Um, so with that said, uh, please, if you are enjoying the podcast, uh, tell your friends. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, leave me a review. Um, it helps the podcast get seen by more people, which would be great. And don't forget that if you stick around after the music, you can listen to chapter five of Heart of the Storm, which is my my writing project where I try to write a chapter a week and then I read a not super edited, very rough uh, chapter to you. So yeah, stick around after the music for that. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep reading. Okay, so thank you for sticking around for Chapter 5 of Heart of the Storm. Quick recap of Chapter 4. Um, Gemma is in a not-great situation with a strange man with bright orange hair. And Kevo is being mysterious with Harper, uh, but promises that he is trying to help her. And now Chapter 5 of Heart of the Storm. Kevo clasped his hands in front of him. His knuckles were white with the strain. Harper watched him and chewed her lower lip. She couldn't look at the woman standing before her, but she could feel her gaze directed on her like a laser. Through brief glimpses, Harper took in the woman who towered over her. Her skin was golden and glowing. Her dark hair was wound around her head in an intricate crown of braids. Her dark eyes had pierced Harper when the lights first came back on and she could not bring herself to meet the woman's gaze again. The hollow emptiness of her eyes was chilling. Kevo avoided her eyes as well as Harper's. He was focused on the constant movement of his hands as they fought for dominance. A man stood near the door and watched the entire scene with a bland, uninterested stare. His eyes were startlingly light blue and stood out against his coppery skin and heavy dark blue tattoos. "'Look at me, Harper,' the woman said." Her voice was low, but there was no questioning her command. She would not be denied. Harper dragged her eyes to the woman's face and locked her gaze with her hollow stare. As she looked into the depths of the woman's eyes, Harper saw that they were not entirely empty. Little points of light danced deep in the dark sockets, and Harper could feel herself being drawn in. Mom. Kevo's sharp whisper drew Harper's attention, 
and she felt herself come back. The woman looked displeased, but she smiled a little as she crossed her arms across her chest. Very well, she sighed with a wave of her hand. She moved to the weight bench and sank down with a distasteful curl of her lip. Well, Kevo, my dear son, what shall we do now? You seem to be running the show. She sneered and drummed her fingers on the padded bench seat. Kevo swallowed hard, but he released his hands from their death grip and raised his eyes to meet his mother's. It's time to tell Harper. In fact, it's long overdue. He crossed his arms across his chest. His muscles were all flexed, making him look even more intimidating. The woman just smiled indulgently as she stood. Well, Harper, I hope you're ready. She smiled. Somehow her smile made everything worse. Harper felt the blood draining from her face. The room started to pitch and roll, and she reached out for anything to steady herself. Kevo grabbed her arm. His fingers gripped her tightly, leaving white rings around the places where they pressed into her skin. It's okay, he whispered harshly. Sit. He led her to a chair. The room was swinging around her, and she sank into the seat with relief, until she again locked eyes with the woman's empty stare. You fear me, the woman said with a satisfied smile. Normally I would tell you that's wise, but lucky for you. You are special. Harper felt her insides turning to mush, and she sprinted suddenly for the door. Lottie heard the thunder and went to the dingy window of her store. She turned off the lights and felt the comfortable darkness settle around her. Placing her fingertips on the filthy glass, she pressed her nose against its grimy surface and exhaled a deep breath that clouded the glass. When it cleared, she could see the muscle house. Her view was from across the street, an impossible feat in the real world, but the valley had its own rules. She pressed her forehead to the glass. She could no longer see it, but a faint coolness reminded her of where she was. There was a second, louder clap of thunder, and Lottie winced. The picture in front of her grew cloudy until she composed herself and pushed herself further forward. The coolness enveloped her now, and she pushed down the worry before it could affect her again. She'd never gone this far before. The lights in the gym came back on. It was the only business open at this time of night, though very few people walked through their doors at any hour. Some could not walk through them at all. Lottie had tried everything she could think of to get into that gym. The magic that blocked her was a kind she'd never seen before, and it was strong. Her first attempt had turned her hair white, which she didn't mind, but the pain that accompanied it had affected her deeply. There was something wrong with the valley and this thunder made her nervous. This wasn't normal weather. She was the weather worker of the valley, and there was no storm that came upon her unexpected. She knew the sound of magic. It had been a while. The valley had been relatively low magic for the last hundred years, and the last disturbance had been almost twenty years ago. Now it seemed the time had come again, and she had no idea what form it had taken this time. The door of the gym burst open, and the girl stumbled to the sidewalk and vomited harshly. Lottie wrinkled her nose and resisted the urge to pull back into the safety of her store. It wasn't her business what happened to the girl, only to provide her what she thought she needed. Lottie knew what the girl needed, but a young woman, especially a headstrong one like this one, would never take the advice of an old woman. She was only thirty-seven, but the white hair had aged her considerably. Her skin, however, was smooth and flawless, 
which was quite different from her face before her encounter with the protection spell. The boy came outside and knelt beside the girl. Irritation bubbled up deep inside Lottie. This boy had been an unexpected addition, and Lottie didn't trust him. There were two others behind them, standing just inside the gym and hidden in shadow. One silhouetted figure raised a hand. Lottie saw a flash of light and felt a searing pain behind her eyeballs. She pushed hard away from the scene, but at first she couldn't break free. The pain was immense, and she screamed and clawed at her face. Then everything went black, and she was released from whatever had held her. She felt her head hit the hard tile floor of the store, and then nothing else. Harper stared at herself in the spotted mirror above the sink. The ladies' locker room at the gym was clean but not well-maintained. It was also mostly unused. Harper couldn't remember ever seeing another woman there. She wondered now how she'd never noticed it before. She was baffled by the woman and the feelings she brought up. Kevo's dad still had not spoken. He stood guard by the door and barely seemed to see the scene in front of him. He had at least held the door open for her when she sprinted outside. He seemed to expect her reaction. Harper turned on the sink and let the water run until it was steaming. She held her face above the rising tendrils and inhaled deeply. The steam made her feel clean and new, something she knew she could never actually be. She leaned her forehead against the foggy mirror and watched the beads of water form and tremble before racing down the mirror's spotty surface, leaving a clean trail through the haze. Clarity. That was the problem, wasn't it? That she would always be a smudge, a spot of filth on a pristine piece of glass— then no amount of steam could ever clean the tarnished insides that only she knew existed. Harper cupped her hands under the hot water and splashed it on her face. It burned, but she liked it. At least she could feel something. That woman out there knew something about her, and the thought made her stomach clench painfully. She might know the truth about Harper. Maybe she could see inside, see the blackness that covered her heart in rotten, angry patches. The door to the locker room swung open, and Harper spun around to face the woman. Her smooth, flawless skin was covered in dark blue tattoos, much like her son's but more intricate and covering more of her skin. She smiled, and Harper felt another cramp in her bowels. There was nothing wrong with the smile. The woman was stunningly beautiful. But when she smiled, she filled Harper with dread. Have you recovered? She smirked as Harper nodded nervously. You've been a good friend to my son, Harper. He needed that. I've always believed in a favor for a favor, and frankly, my dear, you owed me one. Harper's throat was frozen. The words wouldn't come. Even her thoughts were cloudy and uncertain. The woman nodded and smiled again. Harper winced in pain. I'm sure you're wondering how you could possibly owe me anything. I find that annoying, but I don't blame you. Your mother gave certain instructions, and they were followed to the letter. The woman sighed. I could do that much for her anyway. Harper wanted to talk. She had so many questions. The woman seemed to understand. She nodded and waved a hand. Yes, yes, I know you have questions, but I have a promise to fulfill first. She moved close to Harper with a sudden swiftness that startled the young woman and made her pull back instinctively. The woman had been reaching for her, but she stopped and slowly let her hand fall from where it hung in the new space between them. She pressed her lips into a thin smile, an angry smile that was by far the worst one yet. 
Harper's insides danced, but she held her ground. It seemed incredibly important, though she had no reason why. I knew your mother, the woman grimaced as she spoke, and she sank down onto a bench in the middle of the locker room. Harper remained perfectly still, as if she could ruin this moment if she dared to breathe. Considering the severe woman who stood before her, she thought it was entirely possible. The woman laced her fingers together and stared at her hands as they clenched and unclenched reflexively in her lap. Tiny beads of sweat formed along her upper lip, and she took a shaky, audible breath before she continued. I'm sorry. I have not spoken of her in a long time, though she is always in my thoughts. We were close friends as children, but we started to grow apart as we became young women. Probably about the age you are now. But I always loved her. That you must understand. Her words were coming rapidly and her breathing grew heavy. When she knew what she had gotten herself into, when she understood, it was already too late. So she came to me with instructions. I've kept you here in the valley, kept you safe. You stayed with us for a little while, until you were three. We worried you would remember Kevo, but ten years is a long time. She nodded at the slow understanding dawning on Harper's face. Your friendship was not accidental, and I am very grateful he has had you these last five years. I know Kevo is grateful as well. Finally, Harper could speak, but her words came out all at once. Her scream rocked the woman and knocked her backwards off the bench. Without wasting a second, Harper darted out the door. Kevo and his dad were huddled by the front desk, but she took them by surprise and slipped out the door. Harper didn't turn right or left. She ran straight out the door of the gym and into the road. A horn blared, and a rusty red pickup truck sped around her. The driver held up his finger the whole way, until he reached a stop sign several blocks down. Harper watched him from the middle of the street. She turned in a slow, dazed circle. She had wanted to run away, but now that she was outside, she realized she had nowhere to go. There was a bright flash and the sound of tinkling bells. Hands appeared through a wavy space in the air beside her and pulled her in. They pulled hard, and Harper landed on her hip with a jarring bump. The white tile and dusty shelves were unmistakable, and she raised her eyes from her place on the floor to Lottie's smiling face. Welcome back, love. She grinned and held out a hand to Harper. She was surprisingly strong, and she pulled the young woman to her feet with little effort. Well? She smiled and gestured to the shelves, which were now packed with small brown parcels. What do you need? And that, book lovers, is the end of chapter five. I hope you are enjoying Heart of the Storm. And if you have any suggestions or anything else, send them to me at books.cats.pod at gmail or on our Instagram. And until next time, keep reading. <laughs>